Welcome to Counselor Find, a podcast for counselors past and present, finding their way in faith and current culture. We are your hosts, Shrek and Shopvac, also known as Terry and Zach. All right, fantastic. Welcome back, everybody. We are glad to have you here with us. And uh, so let's get uh, into this conversation. Zach, one of the things um, that's been kind of on my mind. Hi. Hi, Zach. Sorry. <laughs> I just jumped right into this. That's good. Go. Okay. Um, sometimes, like, anyways. I ramble, right? And then you're like, okay, that sucks. And then let's get back on point. Anyways. Now's that time. Go. Oh, okay. Um, one of the things I've been wrestling with coming out of the summer and out of the conversations we've had with people and watching, um, just going through COVID, right? Um, the idea of suffering mm. and uh, a biblical perspective on it and how we're looking at this because we can all recognize that things here suck. Some of the things we've had to go through in the last 18 months, two years, not quite two years yet, but the last 18 months have really sucked. Mm. And people are like, man, we're really suffering. Mm. And I was like, are we, are we really suffering? Like mm. there's been some tough things here. And, yeah. and I guess I'm wrestling with the fact, are we, is suffering and sacrifice the same thing? Are we just looking at, we've had to give things up. We've had to sacrifice. Yeah. Is that really suffering? Um, or do, yeah, like right? things, things suck. What does that, that mean? Does that, does that mean we're suffering? Is this suffering? And is this what James meant when he's like, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you suffer many trials? Like, okay. Yes, I see um, that one here. Are, is that really what we're going through here is suffering? Or have we had to make some sacrifices that are tough, but we've had to do this in a way that, you know, it's... It, We've had to make sacrifices personally, for sure. Can I look at it from a place of uh, our employment and we're suffering? Well, maybe we are. Maybe they're suffering there. It seems to be a very external force that's Im impacting us and has hampered our ability to function as a camp. And mm. and I guess that would that would kind of be suffering. That would there would be trials there. Yeah. But as as a culture, as Christians in Canada, have we suffered? And I'm really curious, am I the only one asking this question? Have we talked about suffering? Like, what is suffering? And then I watch the staff and the young people that I know and the young adults I see and some of the other families that have been separated from their loved ones for, you know, a year and a half. And they have family in the States or out West or out East and Halifax, you can't get into Nova Scotia or, you know, mm. these things going on where your families are separated and yeah. that's tough, but suffering, like, I don't know. I've dated, I dated long distance, like 25, 30 years ago. There mm. was no zoom calls. There was no Skype. There was no internet. That sounds like suffering. So that was suffering. Like you had to write letters or like these expensive, you know, a hundred dollars for an hour long phone call. Like, I'm not sure that we're going to be able to define suffering, are we? Like, does the Bible define it for us? Because no, like, I don't think so. It seems like it's very um, subjective. Is that the word? Well, I think there is some objective? subjectiveness Subject to this, and there subjective? is. I think we're really fast and loose with the term suffering sometimes. Well, I'm likely, yeah. And so I, I'm wondering, like, as a as 
community that's listening to this, thank you, um, engaging in this conversation, how are you suffering? Where are you suffering? Like some, we have friends that have, have gone through uh, sudden loss of life or jobs, and that's tough. Those are trials. Uh, you have people, I was talking with a pastor yesterday who was off to um, the Niagara region to basically there was a, a family friend and they were having to, um, he was intubated and in a coma and he wasn't responding to treatment. So they were as a family deciding to um, take him off the respirator and he was going to, you know, he's planning, he's probably going to die. And so that's, that's suffering. That family's going to suffer, but missing out on a hockey tournament or or drama or a music recital or a, a planned trip to the U S is, you know, for a family vacation, that's tough, but is it suffering? And so I'm, I'm just kind of wondering, yeah. are you tracking with me? I am. Okay. So then I look at things that I'm seeing and I see a lot of emotional, um, Anxiety related, um, what's the word? It's not, is it sickness? Is it trials that people are going through? Is it, Yeah. is, is this anxiety that people are under? How much of that have we made ourselves? Um, we talked, we talked in the last podcast, I think it was in the last podcast briefly about scheduling and hospitality and how we have our lives so scheduled that there's no room for grace. There's yeah. no room for the surprise visit or right. the neighbor that has a need and suddenly like, Oh, I have to give up my evening to care for someone. Wow. That sounds really selfish when you say it that way. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, like I, well, I already had a schedule. We were going to watch a movie together. <laughs> uh, I'm that's, sorry. Yeah. I'm that's sorry. Easy to push off, but okay. Right. Sure. But you know what I mean? Like our lives are so scheduled that, um, we don't have room for this. Has this also led to our anxiety that we are so self, um, so busy in our schedules are so, so self-focused or, you know, maybe it's not self-focused, it's family events and it's, it's church events. And we have all these things scheduled in our lives and that it's not about me. It is, but it's not. And then how do we, have room is the anxiety. Are we creating our own anxiety storm in all of this? And that's where the sickness is coming from. Not, it's not really actually suffering. That's causing that anxiety. Those, those ills that are, are affecting so many of us. Is suffering, is suffering even a bad thing? No, I don't know that it is like, People talk about the problem of pain, right? Why yeah. would a good God allow people to suffer? Why would a good God allow pain in the world? Why would a good God allow these things? Yeah. And it's like often those are things that are for our benefit. Right. It's not like it's things that probably I'm going to set myself up to a position where I'm pursuing something that's probably not going to benefit me long term. And then when something interrupts that, that suffering, what, what am I learning from that? Yeah. 
I didn't plan to get sick two years ago and have emergency surgery. No, and that was, yeah. that was, you know, and that was really painful. Mm. Um, I was really sick before I ended up having surgery. Well, yeah, I don't like, I don't think suffering and pain equal. They're not. No, but I'm just saying like, this was tough. That was, I kind of suffered through that. And then you suffer through the recovery. Yep. Cause it's a painful recovery. But in that time of sitting and, and waiting and pain, there was, there was hope. There was learning. There was a stillness that I haven't had in a long time. Um, hmm. Okay, so it doesn't have to be a bad thing. It's not necessarily it a, a good thing, thing, but it's not but a good thing. It can be used for good. I think so. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of verses about that. Yeah, that's why I was kind of getting at that. Okay. But like, like uh, I'm sure I just I'm not. Like, I don't want to read them all, but like. I guess my the sense I get from the Bible is that, like, good, good things come through suffering, and God will use suffering. So we shouldn't like run from it or avoid it at all costs, or we should maybe at least expect it. Like I'm not sure which one of those. Maybe it's just that we should expect it, and that we should know what to do when we experience it. Maybe that's the better. I think discussion we sh- here is what should expect it. Man, that's a great thought. We should expect it. So, like, we should expect it, and then we should know what to do once we're in it. Uh, maybe we don't know how to do that because if, <clears throat> if the Bible's saying, "Hey, good things can come from suffering," like it says, um, <clears throat> "God will restore Himself, confirm and strengthen and establish you." Um, I don't know. There's other ones here. Rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, like you said, character, hope. Hope doesn't put us to shame. Um, there's more. <laughs> I can yeah. read more later. But, but there's um, quite a bit, especially in the New Testament, but so also in the Old Testament. If we know that those things can come through suffering or should, then when we expect suffering, we should know what to do in that suffering, that this can be the outcome. And if that's not the outcome, then maybe your approach to suffering is wrong or who you're turning to or what you're turning to in your suffering is, is the wrong focus. Yeah, I think so. There's, there's a real, I think that's a, a really great statement because um, we don't expect suffering, right? especially in Canada as, a, as, a, yeah. as Christians in Canada, as Christians coming through especially coming out of Waterloo region where it's it's an affluent region it's we have lots we don't really yeah. have to suffer very much our friends that we know of don't have you know aren't going through this kind of suffering or persecution or um heavy trials where the society is crushing them we're not experiencing that. We've had some lockdowns, but everybody has. It's been universal. It's not like we've been singled out because we're Christians. Yeah. It's not that we've been singled out because um, we live in Waterloo Region, and so anybody that comes from this area is going to suffer. Uh, it's not like they're we're going through some kind of purge where they're hunting us down and and, and trying to get rid of us. So. But when suffering comes, when we have those moments, we seem really upset about it. Like, God, mm. why would you do this? Yeah. 
And yet when I read the Bible, he's like, be prepared. Like it's suffering's coming and suffering's good. And suffering is, is part of your refining and, and, and it's, it's, should, should be expected mm-hmm. that when you stand up for me, right? Jesus says to his disciples, when you stand for me, people are going to reject you because right. of me. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't be surprised when they turn on you and they, they separate you. And, and when, when families separate over me, because, and yet, man, when something like that happens, we're so surprised. We're so like, God, why would you allow this? Yeah. But, well, I warned you. I told you in my, in the, in the Bible, I, I told you over and over again, my spirit's within you. And I speak to this in your life, you know, what's true. And you, and you have my spirit living within you and I want to bring you life. But part of that is the refining. Mm-hmm. We don't want that. We don't want to, to have the, the pain for the gain. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Rick Warren says there's two tracks side by side. And if we're not on both these tracks, our train isn't going to run. Yeah. Right. There's, there's both, um, how does he put it? There's battles and there's blessings. There is going to be suffering and pain. There's going to be battles along the way. There's also blessings. Yeah. We can't expect all of one or all of the other. Right. We can't say life, life is, what is it? Life is pain and then you die, right? Like life sucks and then you die. Well, no, it's not all battles. But it's not all roses and flowers and and McDonald's happy meals. They go meals. like hand in hand. They run in harmony together, right? Like they kind of go. Kind of. Like yeah. if you're so focused on the negatives in your life, if you're so depressed or you're so anxious or you're so caught in the sufferings that you're going through that you never see the blessings, your eyes are closed to what God is doing around you. Mm-hmm. Your eyes are closed to what's really happening in life because you need to start being thankful. Counting your blessings, really, like literally counting. Yeah. Like, today I'm I'm alive. I, I'm not in a hospital. I'm able to walk. Like if, if it's as simple as that, like man, some of you have hair. Like be thankful for these things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Philippians one: For the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in Him but also suffer for His sake. So that's another interesting, like kind of perspective on it, right? Um, that I may know Him and the power of, of His resurrection, and may share His sufferings, becoming Him like in His Becoming like him in his death. And first Peter, since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking for whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Yeah. And That's, I think yeah. we haven't experienced that as a North right. American or Canadian church so much. <clears throat> no, I just think we're really quick to be like, I'm suffering. What was me? Right. Um, versus like, all right, I'm like, I'm for a trial. And for tribulation and and here's what's going to come of it and here's how it, i'm going to do through it and god's going to carry me through it or going to rely on him or this is like you know <clears throat> like they suffer forever who has suffered in the flesh has seized from sin right like we're viewing it that way at all i don't like probably not <laughs> i don't think we refuse sin to the point of suffering right right i don't see too many people that are like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really wrestling with this sin in my life, mm-hmm. with pride or gossiping, to the point of like, of torture. Like I, I am suffering as yeah. I battle against this sin. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't see that happening. We're not at the point where we're like, oh, yeah, the sexual sin in my life, man. I just, uh, 
yeah, no, I just give into it. Yeah. <laughs> it feels good. And then I feel guilty afterwards and <laughs> I have some shame, but no, are you suffering to battle that sin in your life to, to battle against what it is, um, coming between you and God so that your relationship with him like is, is full of love is based mm-hmm. on, is, is inspired. Like we're not, we're not point to that point of suffering for even our battle against sin. And against ourselves. And definitely not in our society. I'm not no. going to, to stand up and take a stand to the point of suffering in um, the halls at school or in workplaces or in, 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 in the neighborhood. And if I do, I know what's coming. Right. So then do I compromise? Do I, do I take that ground, stand that ground? It's really interesting to, to stop and see what what would that what would that require of us and how would we respond as a community around those that are suffering that way if if someone in your in your small group in your uh, guys girls Bible study in your your family takes a stand against sin to the point of suffering do we rally around them if they take a stand for what's right in the Bible, are we rallying around them as a community and a family to support them? Are we willing to stand beside them and, and suffer with them? And and I don't know, I don't know how we haven't had to face that maybe in such a blatant way, but it, it's coming. It, the church of Jesus, the, the Christian church worldwide is more persecuted now than at any other point in history. But it's also not mainstream media because that doesn't, doesn't get clicks. Um, yeah, true. So it's a really tough thing to have that conversation. There's this like YouTube trend, this TikTok trend that um, the church is the place of privilege and power in North America, especially in the U.S., right? Yeah. And we see it. But the pastors I'm listening to coming out of the U.S. are like, our churches are so divided. Our churches are so caught up in politics. We've, we've, we've replaced God with this worship of the political structure, and we expect that our salvation's coming from that, and it's not. It's from God. Yeah. And to stand against that political structure is going to result in persecution, and that is going to cause suffering. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just skimming through here. Like there's just so many verses about. If you start to do a word study, it's overwhelming. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't know, even just looking at it from another perspective again of like, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or whatever it goes on and on. But the first one is talking about like suffering trials, whatever, right? That's Romans 8. Mm. Yeah. So like. Again, are we in our suffering? Are we focused on Christ and God and like that relationship? And are we holding fast and knowing that like we're not going to be separated from Him just because of the suffering? I feel like we often tend to lean the other direction, right? Like, um, <clears throat> yeah, I was reading in my devotions the other day, um, and Nikki Gumbel's like, uh, reading through Hebrews, Hebrews chapter four. And he says about verse nine is that Jesus gained experience through the things he suffered. So Jesus suffered and he gained experience through the things he suffered. Yeah. 
And God uses everything in your path. So mine, my path, your path, our path, however painful for us to gain experience. You can learn to use your pain for someone else's gain. And that, that's an echo of um, 2 Corinthians 1, right? Yes. The God of all comfort comforts us. So that in our suffering, we can come alongside those that are suffering and comfort them. And then Rick Warren writes, God loves to turn our crucifixions into resurrections. The things that we see as death points as are places of new life. The things you wish were, this is back to Rick Warren. The things you wish were most removed from your life are often the very things God is using to shape you and make you into the believer he wants you to be. He wants to use that problem for good in your life. There's something more important than your pain. It's what you're learning from that pain. Mm. And that guy, he's, he's, he understands pain. <laughs> yeah. Right. They've, they've been through so much as a, as a couple, as a family, as a church. It's, mm-hmm. it's something, it's just really neat to look at that. Neat's probably not the right word. Um, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast in their trial, for when he has to the test, he'll receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. So many good verses, like one. <laughs> now, if you're going through something right now, if you're listening to this and you're going through a suffering period, there are so many promises that you are not alone, that God has not abandoned you, that you are in a place where God wants you to be, even though you don't understand it. Right. Yeah. And it's, um, it's a really tough place as listening to a podcast, someone whose wife died of cancer th- over the last year, um, and her suffering. And he's like, I would pray that God would heal her. And I would have these promises from people that, yeah, we just feel that, that God is going to heal her. And he's like, but maybe that healing process is happening in heaven. <laughs> like, I don't know. He's like, because mm. it didn't happen here on earth. And am I supposed to be, how do I deal with that? Right? Like this yeah. person's like, how do I, how do I deal with that? I didn't get the answer I wanted in the timing that I wanted. Mm. And how do I deal with that? And it's like, oh, that is, that is hard. That mm. is really hard. When you have chronic pain or long-term suffering in your life, um, emotional, mental illness, where you're, you're like, nobody can see what I'm suffering, Yeah, but it's there. And why would God allow this? What do you make of this? Like, what do you make of 1 Corinthians 10 where it talks about like, <clears throat> like no temptation is uncommon to man and God's faithful and won't let you be tempted beyond your ability. Um, it'll also provide you a way of escape. You can endure it. Like, does that apply to all suffering or is that, like it says temptation at the start, is that only for things that are, you know, tempting us or, um, yeah, it's hard to apply that when something just like happens, like a sucky thing just happens and you know, someone dies that's close to you. It's hard to say, oh, well, God wouldn't have, wouldn't have put you through this unless you were able to come through it. Um, cause I don't think that that's like, you know, then we're getting into the idea that like God orchestrates all this suffering, which I don't think is necessarily true. We have evil in the world and that's a large, large part of a lot of what we have to go through. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I guess, I guess maybe I'm answering my own question that this is maybe solely focused for temptation. 
which can be suffering. But again, like we've talked about, if you're resisting that temptation to the point of suffering, that's when you're like really building that relationship with God and you're um, saying no to sin. Yeah, and in First Corinthians 10, he's really, like in context, he's writing to the Corinthians and they were... Um, they had separated their bodies from their minds kind of thing. Like they, this back to this Gnostic conversation. So it was very much practiced for them. Uh, it, you know, for the men to have, uh, relationships with, with prostitutes or multiple partners. There was a real problem of sex in that church. Um, and so Paul's writing in, in, in that passage and saying, don't just go with what everyone's doing around you. Right. You need to resist temptation. And you're not being tempted beyond what other people have faced or what Christ has faced. Yeah. And so he's really dealing with that idea of temptation, not so much suffering. That, you know, we say this is okay and it's it's all good and and we want to go with the flow and it doesn't seem bad. And then he's like, no, don't give in to that temptation. Stand firm. You need to hold to what God's called you to. Mm-hmm. But I, I think then it would reflect more to that verse you read earlier about, do we resist temptation to the point of suffering? Yeah, right. Do we, we resist to the point of pain? Do we resist to the point where... Should be, right? Where our society is like, you're, you're nuts. <laughs> That's where we should be. Yeah, I think... It's really interesting again, and and we're looking at this, but if we love the Lord or God with all our heart and soul and mind, uh, with our emotions and our being and our spirit, then, um, and we love and love our neighbor as ourself, right? These two great commandments. One, we have to, there's a few things in here I, I want to say. One, we have to love God unconditionally as he loves us unconditionally. And then we have to accept ourselves. We have to accept the unconditional love of ourselves because if we don't love ourselves, we can't love our neighbor properly. Right. And, and these are barriers often to us understanding God's love and our love for our neighbor. And I think often we, we end up in that place where we started this at the place of sacrifice where we give up thinking that that's suffering. And actually it's just sacrifice. It's us giving something up for another it's that's what you know love is sacrifice and sacrificing ourselves for another but it's not suffering but if we're suffering if we're if we have a problem in physically emotionally spiritually in our lives where we're suffering and we're unhealthy and we're feeling pain or there's something going on then that needs to we need to get outside of that suffering and experience what and why I think we get caught up on the how, right? The hurt I mean, of it. Sacrifice can be suffering too. It can lead to suffering, I guess. What do you mean? Well, I mean, I guess where I was going with that is, I think above all of this, like, there's like this main point in a lot of other verses that Christ suffered for us, but why should we expect that we wouldn't have to suffer as well? Um <laughs> kind of silly to think that, right? But it says like so. But Christ's suffering was when He sacrificed for us, right? So sacrifice and suffering can be very related. 
I get what you're saying. That doesn't always. Yeah, I think, yeah, where, where am I thinking here? There's that verse where he says, take up your cross daily, right? Yeah. But that, that implies, um, suffering. I think that's, that there's a burden that it's, the cross was not a symbol of joy. <laughs> the cross was the symbol of being an outsider and a criminal and heading to execution and dying mm. and death and not just oh, it's like a quick death. Like, you know, uh, in the movies where they like, if you, if you cooperate, we'll make sure you have a quick death. Right. There's none of that with the cross. The cross was shameful and painful and, and it was designed to suffer. You could last on a cross for a long time. Mm. That's, it was awful. And so that's Christ's example, that imagery that he says, take up daily your cross and suffer mm. with me. It's cool though, because he says, then he says, I'll give you rest. I will come and help you bear that burden. I will join you in the yoke. I will help you in all of that. I'll be right beside you. Mm -hmm. There is not the sense that we're, I think we as, as humans <laughs> see it very individually. That I'm the one suffering and I'm alone in this and no one's going to understand me in this. Mm. And I have this pain and this suffering and I need to get through it myself. That's not biblical suffering either. Right. There's nowhere that it says, this is your burden. You made your bed, so lie in it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, life, life sucks and then you die. It, it's not that. It's like, um, no. Like, you are now a member of the family. You're grafted into the vine. Like, you were an outsider and now you're not. And you're going to produce fruit. And I'm going to care for you as a gardener cares for his, his garden. I'm going to come along and yeah, I'm going to prune things away that are bad, but it's so that you can have better growth in your life. Yeah. Well, if you prune a tree, it looks painful. You basically attack and hack it. But man, it's, it's amazing. It's not gentle. It's not gentle. <laughs> there's nothing gentle about it. And there's times where like, there's, there's two side-by-side -side stems and you're like, wow. And you have to make a choice. Like, like one. which one do you keep? And you're cutting off almost half the tree. Yeah. Like, if God suddenly takes away half of everything I am, how do I function like that? That's painful. I'm mad. I'm Ouch. furious. And yet he's like, yeah, but, but there's growth here. Just trust me in the process. Right. It hurts today. It's for some, it's for your benefit. It's for our benefit. It's for uh, our benefit as a community and, and, and as, as people, as his people, as his bride. And I think that's a really um, a place where we get stuck in our culture is that this is very individual and I have to carry this alone. Yeah. Right. I, I, you can see people that are going through something. You're like, Hey, how are you doing? And they just like, they give you their fine. You're like, Oh, it seems like you're having a hard time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm working it out. I'm figuring it through. Right. Right. Why do we do that? It's me. <laughs> right. Like, why don't we share this with each other? Why don't we help each other carry this stuff? This is not our end. Our end is not our, um, 
our illness, our disability, our mental diagnosis, our health, our family history is not our end. I, I am not defined by that clinical expression or, um, the, the history that I've come from in my family of origin or the things that have been done to me over the years that, that hurt and left scars, that doesn't define you, right? And I think so many of us are defining ourselves by that and that, and that it's almost creating this false suffering and we're doing it alone and we don't have to. Yeah. There's many things like all those things I listed, they all can cause suffering. Right. But I, I just think we need to, I guess the call here would be, how do we carry each other's burdens? How do we help each other suffer for Christ so that we're all growing in the same direction? Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. And how do we stop labeling things as suffering that are really our mundane life? Like, we're all going through this. So let's, and I'm, I'm just as guilty. I get so frustrated by all these COVID rules that don't seem to make sense and contradict themselves and restrict us and restrict camp. Oh my goodness. I'm so anyways, I'm quick to judge (laughs) and share my opinion. And yet, am I really suffering? I don't, I'm not really suffering. I'm, I'm I'm slightly inhibited, (laughs) right? Like I'm, I'm restricted and I'm, frustrated but i'm not yeah i'm not gonna suffer through this and i don't have to right so i guess that that's kind of where i was starting with this conversation way back when we introduced it at the you know 30 minutes well, i ago. mean actually just to add on to what you said at the end there was that <clears throat> sometimes we don't need to suffer and we choose to act like we are or choose to suffer don't need to put ourselves into suffering because we want to be victimized. Um, I think that's a, we can get caught into that too. And that it still sounds a little extreme, but like we do it in little ways or in little things, right? That's not exactly the point of it either. No, that's a great point. No, that's a really good point. That's all I had. Anything else for you? Um, it's an interesting hmm. topic. No, not, I, not, I don't think there's anything else. That was really... I like this reminder that, like, we should expect it and that we should know how to deal with it because it's just part of life, especially Christian life. And, um, again, Christ suffered for us. We're walking in his footsteps. We should expect suffering. That's <laughs> the way ah, it's going to be. I think and we And it, and we it doesn't have to, have to all that. be negative. It, it, there are lots of good can kind and will come from it. You look to the right things. And it's not gentle and it's not always going to be pleasant. Like there's always a light at the end of that tunnel. Yeah. But we want, I don't know if this is again, a North American perspective. We want it to be pleasant. We want our lives to be happy. We want joy and contentment and pleasure and desire in general. But yeah. And it's just like, we, that's not our promise. No. Our promise is that we'll be made like Christ and we'll be perfected, mm-hmm. but that's that's a painful process. Is it cost to eternal life? I guess. Yeah, I think there is, and <laughs> right? Like, <clears throat> yeah, and I didn't have to pay that. No, like ultimate cost. We so didn't. So, what? What am I? 
griping about. So, yeah, if you're out there and and you're feeling these things, like we've we've had conversations before about making sure your tanks are full and right. and checking your gauges. Are you getting on empty in one area of your life? And if so, you're going to feel that, um, and it'll have repercussions in your life. So if you're not spiritually on a full tank, what can you do to fill that tank up? If you're, if you're physically, uh, feeling down or run down or tired, it's going to affect your emotional and spiritual life. If your emotional life is, is, uh, not on those rails and that's going to affect your physical and spiritual life. Like yeah. it all does. And so how do you fill up those tanks? How do you keep them, them full? Um, are you sharing your burdens with each other and carrying that? Do you have people in your life that you're, that are helping you be accountable, that you can be accountable to, that are mentoring you and that you're mentoring? Like, are, are you getting poured into and then pouring out to somebody else? That's how the family of God, that's discipleship. That's being a follower of Jesus. He poured himself out and said, go and do likewise. And he poured into people and he had people pouring to him and he's like, go and do likewise. And... If we're not doing those things, then it's not a surprise if we feel empty or we feel like we're alone in this. Right. If we are alone in it. <laughs> so connect, like we're built for community. And, and maybe that's another conversation we could have is, is what does it mean to be built for community and, 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 and in this family of God? Right. Yeah. Community is a good topic. Yeah. can write that down. Okay. I will. I'll write that right down. <laughs> That's all I had. Anything for you? That's all I got. Same here. Thanks. That's great. I'm okay. glad to hear that. Yes. Okay. See you later. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.